0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Rise, Pray, Love with Kevin Kevin Blevins
1: and Casey Baxley.
0: I almost forgot who I was. <laughs> All right, so um, tonight we're going to talk about a little bit about God's authority, and you know, Jesus um, Jesus came with tremendous authority. In fact, you know, more than once in the New Testament, people comment He teaches with such authority, commanding. Yeah and and the reason is uh because of who he was. And so I was talking with Casey earlier and I was telling her the story, you know, just not really a story, just kind of an account of my uh my upbringing. So I grew up in a home where my dad uh had ultimate authority over our home. Right. You know, you know, it wasn't necessarily uh, it wasn't an abusive thing. It was uh it was just the way it was. I mean, uh there were five children in my family uh yeah and so uh when my mom said wait till your dad gets home Uh it wasn't a punchline. right it was it was like the world was ending as i knew it right right i mean because and, and you know most of the time whatever uh punishment i got when he got home uh was well deserved right um because i had deliberately or overtly disobeyed Something that was made very clear to me. And um, so, you know, the idea is that, you know, my dad would come home. um, You didn't have a lot of second chances. Gotcha. It's like uh, he would say, hey, like I remember one time uh, I was maybe five or six years old. And I don't remember a lot from that time period in my life because as you know, Casey, I have a hard time remembering what I had for breakfast. (laughs) Or your name. Yeah, or my name. Yeah, I (laughs) almost forgot my name. But um, my dad had changed the oil in his truck in the driveway. And the oil pan with the old oil was sitting next to the garage. And he had plans to get rid of the oil but he couldn't do it that moment. So he took the oil pan and set it just around the side of the house. And he, I watched, um, as I always did when he worked on the cars, I would, I would watch everything he did. Okay. And he saw me looking at that oil pan, full, half full of oil. And he said, do not touch that oil. Don't go near it. Stay away from that oil pan.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an invite.
0: I didn't stay away from the oil pan, case. Yeah, I can imagine. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I, I got in the oil pan. Like, I stepped into the oil <laughs> pan. And squatted down and squished it between my hands. And then I realized after just a moment of doing that, that, that it was on my hands. So I kind of rubbed my hands on my thighs. Oh, okay. Of my jeans. Yeah. And then my mom finds me. And the first words out of her mouth, Kevin Scott, wait until your dad gets home. Yeah. Yikes. And so my dad comes home and um, I got a spanking. I deserved a spanking. Right. Uh, And I was, you know, I was taught that there was authority in the house that when, when dad spoke, and when a rule was put in place, and obviously this was put in place for my health and benefits, sure. right? I mean, playing in motor oil right. is not a wholesome activity, uh, nor a healthy one.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And so, you know, it, it's obvious to see why my parents were upset that I had disobeyed this rule. I mean, obviously, nowadays we might think in terms of should a five- or six-year-old be responsible to steward uh, an open oil drum? You know, probably not. Uh, that's probably not a good uh, tool to use decision-making uh, development. But, you know, the fact is, at the end of the day, the illustration holds because when Jesus came and into our world and stepped into his day and time and grew up to be a man, he walked among the people and he taught God's authority to with God's authority to the people and said repent for the kingdom of heaven is near and began to teach what that would look like and what it would feel like to be a part of his kingdom.
1: Well, I think these days that a lot of people think of authority as being something that's negative. And I mean, in in my life and when I think about authority, it's not necessarily on a negative side of thing. It's almost freeing because now I know we always joke about that. I like to play games, but I want to know the rules of the game. And to me with authority, it's, if you know, if I know what I'm supposed to follow, then it's much easier to follow.
0: Well, and you have to know the rules because if you don't know the rules, then it's no fun because you don't know if the other people who are beating you are doing it right.
1: (laughs) Right? I mean, so,
0: so like when my dad told me not to get in the oil drum, I can't honestly say that I remember the sensation of the process of determining that I was going to get in the oil drum right or the oil pan um, i can't i can 't remember feeling this tug toward the oil. I just simply re- remember what the oil felt like in my hands, yeah, I do remember that it was silky you know, but i don 't remember i I remember the distinct feeling of terror when my mom caught me. Yeah. And of course, you know, at five or six years old, you're not thinking all the way through your decisions because I'm not sure what I was going to do to hide the fact that I had been <laughs> in the oil. Right. Um, but, but the idea is that there's something innate in us that wa- we want what we want.
1: Right. Regardless
0: sure. of the consequences, regardless of what comes next, our heart is desperately wicked. We, we want what we want. And I think if you examine closely to uh, the moment Eve was conversing with the snake and the fruit in the garden and, and there was this moment where he says, look, he's, God's just afraid that you're going to know what he knows and you're going to be like him. And in his twisted version of the truth, he convinces Eve that she can be all that she wants to be if she wants to be it. Right. And so she, she eats the fruit. And then she doesn't want to be alone in her decision. <laughs> so she invites Dilbert, aka Adam, right. to join her. And he willingly does so because he wants to be who he wants to be if he wants to be it. And today, I feel like we, we're, what we're missing is the idea of, of God's authority. In our life, I mean obviously, when my dad came home, there was hell to pay, and when God reentered the garden uh, and and spoke with Adam and Eve right after they had eaten the fruit, there was hell to pay yeah, um, when Jesus came and confronted uh, the the religious leaders and confronted sin and confronted those who would use his father 's house and in an disrespectful way when those people who said they would follow him um turn their backs on him there there's hell to pay in that jesus came to give us life and he came to command the kind of authority that would allow him to do that
1: yeah and you have to remember when we're in these situations i mean you as a six year old kid um you know name, name whatever the situation is we've got such a finite small almost like telescope view of everything that's going on and everything that's going on in our lives because god's got such a bigger perspective mm-hmm. so it's it's almost that idea you know like your mom and dad that the reason they told you not to get in the oil Probably in your six-year-old boy mind thought, well, that's not fun. I want to get in there and see what it feels like and, and see what I can do with it. But in their minds, they're thinking, um, that's a chemical. <laughs> and it's going to make a really big mess, and it is not going to come out of whatever you put it on. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so, but you could not see that at that point. Right. You know, and, I, and so I try to remember, you know, as as best I can, that... Jesus has got the whole picture, right? And I've just got this one little bitty view of what it looks like, right? Um, And so I think that's that's maybe helps our human fleshy side try not to choose those things that Mm. are are go against His authority with what He's doing in our lives. Mm. So um, the verses we were talking about was five Matthew five. Um, And I'm going to read 17 through 20. It says, do and this is Jesus speaking, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So, If you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven.
0: So what do you think God means by our righteousness must be better than that of the Pharisees? Because those guys were fanatical at following every jot and tittle of the law.
1: So what help us understand what does righteousness mean first?
0: Well, if we want to be right with God, if we want to have righteousness, we want to live rightly, we want to live... Uh, according to God's pleasure, we want to please him with our life, we want him to see us as righteous or made right with him, Uh, then we have to live in Jesus. Because what we know is, is that on our own, left to our own devices, uh, we cannot achieve righteousness or rightness with God on our own. Uh, Paul teaches a lot on this in Romans, right? He teaches a lot on um, in his books about in the New Testament on look, you have to be in Jesus. You you have to have the the blood of Christ to be considered right with God because our sin nature is going to drive us to disobedience. That's why the law couldn't save us because the law only served to show us that we couldn't do it because all these laws and rules and regulations would just point out how desperately wicked we are because we could not keep them Mm -hmm. and so what Jesus came to do was say look I'm going to live a perfect life and I'm going to be the righteousness that you need to be to walk in God's presence and then I'm going to gift that to you by dying in your place and now you can accept my righteousness and be made right with God because I lived a holy life. I did it exactly, perfectly, according to every smallest detail. I lived a sinless life in your place. And when you accept that I am the Son of God and that I did this for you and that my death it was an atonement for your sin and that you are sinful and that's why therefore you need a sin sacrifice, an atonement, um, that will make you right with God.
1: So our righteousness has to do with our relationship with Jesus, whereas the Pharisees and the religious law, teachers of the law, had to do with just that, was the law, Mm. not a relationship.
0: Right, and that's what they missed. Had the religious leaders understood could, if they could have understood that the God of, the, of their Bible wanted to be with them, he wanted a relationship with them, then they might have seen the law differently. But they saw the law as this legal uh, tool to bring people in line, right? Uh, like, and so like my father, the authority in my life, gave me one rule to follow— Um, the religious leaders developed hundreds of laws and expected the people to follow them and because they were the keepers of the law uh, they walked around, not everybody had their own copy of the Torah Mm -hmm. or the the religious laws so uh, they walked around and pointed out to people they were the source, they were center stage, they were considered the authority in their life to tell them right from wrong do this don't do that and so um the people respected that authority and followed that authority and that's one of the reasons jesus had such you know what's the, I'm, I'm searching for the word but he had such disdain or such anger or, or he was he so easily uh you know enraged against the religious leadership because um they had lorded this authority over the people for so long, and they missed the point that the law was to lead them to relationship with God, not to, uh, as you say, a relationship with the law.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because they, that's all that they were doing was trying to follow all of the rules, which weren't going to be possible because there were so many of the rules that were man-made. So the, so that's, that's the part I love about... Um, in Matthew five, where it says, um, "I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear, until its purpose is achieved." So, to me, those the laws that we are actually supposed to be following, and not all the man-made ones from back then, what is that we're able to know that God's taking care of even the smallest detail of those? Yes.
0: So God's God's law was intended for his people to know him. Jesus came to fulfill that law mm-hmm. that we might know God through him. So as we believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in, in us, mm-hmm. uh, the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit will not only interpret God's word, the scripture to us, but also praise on our behalf in the presence of God. So there's a connection that's unbreakable between us and the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. So God is once again among his people as he dwelt among them through the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle, as he dwelt among them in the Holy of Holies uh, in the temple, um, as he dwelt among them when jesus walked the earth it was a whole new ushering in of the presence of god and it was by royal decree because jesus had come with authority as the king under god to reign over those who would follow him and set rules and set a you know set a rule as not rule as in a uh, as in a list of things that we have to do or don't do but rule as in the rule of a king Right. right he he rules over our hearts uh, as a king reigns and rules over his kingdom and it's like the word kingdom is almost a verb there where God is kingdom kingdoming, kingdom-ing mm-hmm. uh, with us and through us yeah. and, and allowing us to be active light and salt and all these things that he calls out to uh, for us to be in the New Testament through his teachings and um, so that we are the embodiment of his kingdom on earth.
1: So those rules build our relationship which ends up allowing us to be able to tell others and then love on them no matter what they're, where they are, what they're doing, what they know.
0: Well, what did Jesus get what command did Jesus tell us was the greatest command? Yep. To love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbor, those around us, as much as we love ourselves. So if that is the greatest command, it is coming from the highest authority. There you go. Jesus knew when he said kingdom, that the people in his day would know exactly what he meant. That someone of great and tremendous power and authority was speaking. When he said, you know that his heavenly father had told him, and that therefore the kingdom was near. Right? Um, it was established in that day that that rulers were deities. Okay. That's what the people believed. You weren't just the emperor; you were a god. Right? Um, the the uh, kings of Egypt were believed to be to have. Uh, to be deified, right? They were they were not just mere mortal men, right? Um, and so, these these this type of ultimate authority meant that whatever they spoke was was written down as law. And so, when Jesus came and began to teach with authority and began to talk about the kingdom and all these things, one of the things that that really shook up the religious leaders was. The idea that he's teaching about this about God's kingdom, and, and if he believes himself to be the Messiah, the the people are saying that he speaks with authority, and that might mean that they, he could, on a whim, speak the word, and they would be against us. They would forget what the what authority we yeah. had through the law.
1: They were gonna they were gonna get their power taken away from yes. them. Yes, because they were more concerned about their power. That's part of the reason that it's so interesting to me on. The opposite of how Jesus came into this world and then began his ministry and and everything that he did through his life because he he had all the attributes and he had all the characteristics of mm. what they would have known as a king, mm. yet he grew up as a carpenter.
0: Yeah. So everything about Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom on its head. Yes. Right? It's upside down. Yeah. Uh, where you would think he would be mighty and powerful he was soft and loving where you think he would be raising an army to conquer and kill he was <laughs> calling fishermen <Yeah. laughs> and feeding th- 5000 people yeah. uh you know so he was he was everything was was upside down in his kingdom the greatest the, the first will be last you know yeah. the, the least the, the greatest among you will be the, will be your servant um, all of these things were ideas that were totally radical to the idea that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven was being established because that wasn't a kingdom. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, um, if, if I could draw one more illustrative Please. moment from my oil in, endeavor, <laughs> uh, you know,
1: when
0: my, when my dad gave me that rule mm-hmm. not to get in the oil, it wasn't because he was trying to establish his authority, right? His authority was well established. Yeah. Okay? I had the sore high knee to prove it. No, right. I'm I'm kidding. But um but he, he he did not do it to establish his authority, he did it because he loved me.
1: Well, an authority doesn't always mean power. That that's part of where I think sometimes we get messed up is is a lot of times authority is love.
0: Well, so when my dad gave me that rule, it's what you said earlier, right? The oil I could have put some in my mouth. I could have put it in my ears or my eyes. I could have really hurt myself Mm -hmm. with this. Um, and so my dad came down hard for my disobedience and it was, it was punishment commensurate with my actions so that I would understand that when he tells me not to do something, it's for my benefit, not for my detriment. Yes. And that's a respect that I had for my dad's authority that I wouldn't have had As a rambunctious, hyperactive, uh, short attention spanned little boy. Sure. Without my dad coming in and helping me understand first and foremost that there were consequences for my actions. And secondly, and at least as importantly and certainly as emphasized, that he loved me. Yeah. And so when Jesus comes and establishes his kingdom, people recoil. And I think it's easy for us to say that we would have been one of the people following jesus around right we would have heard his message and we would have connected with it immediately and followed him Um, but when jesus saw that the crowds were growing too large too quickly he got up and taught things like if you want to be my disciple you have to hate your mother and father if you want to you have to love me more than you love your own kids. You have to be able to get up every day and take up your cross. And they knew that what a cross was. They knew that the instrument yeah. of torture and it's, suffering yeah. it was. You have to be willing to get up every day and take up your cross and follow me. And somebody says, well, Jesus, give me a chance to go home and say goodbye to my father. He says, no, man, you, you, gotta, you gotta let that life go. And, and people began to walk away from this idea because that was just too radical. Yeah. And so Jesus, because he loved the people, he wanted them to understand the discipline that it would take to be a member of his kingdom, that this isn't a part-time gig, that this isn't something that just comes when it's easy. It's it's when we get ridiculed for our faith, or it's when, when people call us out for being Christians, or when they uh say that we're being prudish or that we think we're better than everyone else uh you know those closest to me over my lifetime have thought that sometimes i made decisions not to do things or to do things in a certain way um, that i believed i was doing because of my faith um in jesus uh they thought i was doing it to, to prove my piety or how holy i was uh, or that I was better than other people. And that, that just isn't, it wasn't true for me, but it's how they saw things. And I think that that happens, that the people ran away from Jesus when he taught hard things. And I think that we run away from, from Jesus when he disciplines us because... We want what we want when we want it the way we want it. Sure. And that's exactly what got Adam and Eve in trouble with the fruit in the garden. It's what got, uh, 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 I believe, it's one of the things that got uh, Judas Iscariot uh, in the position where he hung himself uh, as one of Jesus' disciples because he betrayed Jesus. Right. Uh, I believe that, you know, it's what caused. Um, Ananias and Sapphira to lie to the disciples and be struck dead. I I think that all of these things are not because they were were in and of themselves bad people, and maybe they were evil. I I didn't know them, but when I look at people today, and I see people who are confronted with truth in Jesus uh, from his word... It's, it's, there's almost always true that somebody has some reason to vehemently disagree or, or, or run away or not participate. Uh, you know, our churches, uh, last thing I'll say, I promise. Uh, <laughs> you know, our churches are filled with people on Sunday mornings that nod affirmingly and walk away and forget what was said. Yeah,
1: They don't put any action with it.
0: Because they cannot bring themselves to stop wanting what they want, when they want it, the way they want. it. And Jesus said, I came to be your king. You don't get to decide any longer. Give me the authority to rule and reign in your life. And you will know life abundantly. Shaken down, pressed together, overflowing. Beyond your wildest dreams.
1: Well, that's, that's, like I said, part of the reason that I think Rise, Pray, Love has come about. I think that's why you and I decide to get together every single week and discuss these things um, and we don't shy away from the hard things and authority and trying to figure out what to do in our lives um, with that authority is is something that's difficult and faces each one of us every day that we pick up our cross and so um, we want you to know that we are here to help Um, we don't do it perfect that's for sure Um, but we are um, happy to help you also try to figure it out as you're walking so if you would like to contact us please um, get on Facebook and join our group it's Rise Pray Love and uh, you can message one of us there and we'd be happy to answer you or you can go to www.risepraylove.com and we have a message board and a prayer board there that we would be happy to pray for you so um, we hope you've enjoyed our discussion today and we will see you next time